So, I was just realising I know what the talk's about and you don't. <laughs> it's like, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? <laughs> it's the same fair somehow. Anyway, <clears throat> so um, I don't know if you know, but today is Earth Day. And it was apparently made in 1970. I saw it in my diary. I, I guess it must be something p particular to this country, but maybe it also elsewhere I've missed it. But <clears throat> so I thought, hmm, maybe this is an opportunity to talk about the Earth. So that's what I'd like to do. And... Um, yeah, our planet. And I'd like to dedicate this talk and all of my practice to the welfare of the planet and all the beings and all the life on this planet. And I'd also like to offer it in thanks for your practice. And um, obviously part of this is a response to a sense of um, planetary distress, suffering in the world and of the world. And um, actually this very evening down the hill, um, Tanisara, who wrote this book, Time to Stand Up, is beginning to teach a retreat with Kitisaro and so... I felt like I wanted to kind of bring in a connection with her. So I'm going to share a couple of things from this book. Uh, very wonderful, very difficult to read as well. And, and at the beginning it has a statement from the Buddhist international teacher, Collaborative for Climate Action, which I'd like to share with you. At this moment of great crisis, the earth herself, along with her myriad innocent species, calls each of us to be her protectors. Together, let us ensure our descendants will inherit a viable planet. Individually and collectively, we will be honoring the great legacy left by the Buddha and fulfilling our heart's deepest wish to serve and protect all life. So, um, during this talk I, I just, uh, yeah, um, feels like a very humble offering or an invitation for us to reflect together, to contemplate around this theme. And mm, I, uh, I was not sure how this was all going to come together. And it feels like it's more like a series of contemplations. So I hope uh, if you'd be willing to receive it in that spirit, 
just a series of contemplations and I realize that part of why I think it came out the way it does is that it's it's part it's uh, there are ways in which um, there are ways of contemplating of practicing of uh, cultivating which I find supportive in uh, opening to uh, meeting this suffering and of course it's in a way the same process and the same practice and the same cultivation that we undertake in order to meet any suffering so yeah just uh, different ways and hopefully ways that are also supportive of the heart because as we all know you know the suffering we meet yeah whether it's uh, you know our own bodies kind of going wrong (laughs) whether it's uh, you know various kinds of emotional psychological anguish or distress or you know whether it's uh, the distress of a, of another person or an animal or yeah the earth it's it's like what does this what does this need what does this need and what does the heart need and i think our practice is so directly and immediately relevant we don't need to bend over backwards necessarily to do something else. And then it's somehow seeing how that can then uh, connect and um, support us as we address what needs to be addressed in our life, you know, in our minds and in the world. And... Um, yeah, what supports you may be different, but anyway, let's proceed with caution and invite you as always to let it float by, let it float through and trust that what is actually relevant and properly challenging and properly supportive will will be heard and I will be will be received and will contribute to ongoing process that we're all in. So first of all, as I was thinking, I'd like to invite you to join me in contemplating or picturing this planet as an orb, sphere, blue-green sphere, uh, zooming through space around the sun, spinning on its axis. Maybe we're more able to imagine or picture this since uh, we have the photographs of the uh, returning astronauts. That view of the Earth from space, this uh, miracle of a planet in the midst of unimaginably vast space. A miracle of of life, 
of conditions having come together on this blue-green sphere spinning to support life forms of many kinds. This miracle, absolutely miraculous unfolding of oceans and lands and sky, atmosphere, and all the sentient life and plant life, and I'm not a scientist, but bacterial life, and just sense of uh, this aliveness that is happening and the, the miracle of actually being here at all, of actually being alive on the earth. Do you know you're alive on the earth? Do I know? And how utterly miraculous that is. You, this, again, not meant to be something you agree with, but this is how it appears to me. <laughs> it's just, a, yeah, the, um, the miracle of life and the miracle of being alive at all and maybe in terms of our practice here, the miracle of mindfulness, the miracle of awareness, the miracle that we, there's actually the possibility, the capacity as a sentient being, a human being, to be aware of, to have some understanding of, oh, wow. And how you know how prone we are to sleepwalk, to drift, to dream, to be caught in and lost in I know our dramas, our preoccupations and so on. And, and yet we wouldn't be here if we didn't have this longing to wake up to be alive, to, to know, to, to taste life deeply. And perhaps it's this tendency we have to be asleep, um, to, be, to be unconscious, which is part of why we're in such a predicament. So maybe I'll just pause there for a moment. I want to make little pauses through this to invite you, if you wish, just to contemplate. Perhaps in your own way. 
whatever you can sense right now of the gift of being alive here and now and the wonder of that. or a should and that image comes to mind of from Pema Chodron of standing by the Gulf of St. Lawrence with a paper bag over your head and then taking the paper bag off. Wow. It's more like that, I think. So could stay longer with this, but just moving on. Um, so maybe you sense, I certainly sense that what a contemplation like that does again is like it, it can kind of connect or evoke a sense of wonder and awe, amazement, which, um, yeah, just does that do to the heart and mind? What does that do to our perspective? Our energy? And perhaps one of the natural responses that comes from this contemplation is a sense of uh, appreciation or gratitude uh, or deep sense of yeah thankfulness of of wonder and appreciation like when we actually open to the yeah the mir- the miracle of life and i wanted to read to you a um, poem which expresses this sort of in a rather ecstatic way we may not always feel this degree of wonder and amazement but I I think maybe we all have at moments and I think this poem so beautifully kind of expresses the the inexpressible um, in this regard it's a poem by E.E. Cummings I thank you God for most this amazing day for the leaping greenly spirits of trees and a true blue dream of sky, and for everything which is natural, which is infinite, which is yes. I who have died and am alive again today, and this is the sun's birthday, this is the birth of life and love and wings, and of the gay, great, happening, illimitably, earth. How should tasting, touching, hearing, seeing, breathing, any 
lifted from the know of all nothing, human merely being, doubt unimaginably you. Now the ears of my ears awake, and now the eyes of my eyes are opened. Maybe I should stop the talk there. <laughs> so amazing. So what helps us to connect perhaps with a sense of wonder and gratitude and praise. It's so easy to lose touch with that, isn't it? Here we are, we're doing our meditation and what to get on with that? Never mind about a war. <laughs> Something more important to worry about. <laughs> yeah. So continuing, the third contemplation is uh, maybe also I feel can arise from this, these first two, which is that sense of uh, interconnection. You know, the the, the whole, the gaia, the, the interconnectedness of, of life, of this great web of life that we are, that we are part of, that we are not separate from, that our bodies are made of, that our life depends on breath by breath. We breathe with the trees and the trees breathe with us. We breathe with each other. And nothing is separate from anything else. And we are in this together. And there are those, the, 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 there are those times when we know, when we know that so clearly. The, the mist clears. And one of the Quotations that expresses this. Um, oh no, I've lost my place. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Always happens. Um, oh, I'll just find this. Hmm. I think I've read it in this hall before. Oh, blimey. Dumpty dum. Please just talk amongst yourselves for a few minutes. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> No, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I'll take that back. Just meditate. You can do that. <laughs> okay. Phew. Okay, you stop now. <laughs> so, Albert Einstein. A human being is part of the whole, called by us universe. A part limited in time and space. He experiences himself, his thoughts, his feelings as something separated from the rest. A kind of optical illusion of consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us. Restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be 
to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole nature in its beauty. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole nature in its beauty. So, I don't know, it, 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 it's heartbreaking, is it not? Our hearts break open. And this is our, this is our, this is our freedom moment. So there's some there's a that wisdom it's uh it opens the heart, doesn't it touch the heart? It's like it's we care, we care, our caring is more uh, available, more apparent, more uh, released released, available, given, given, just naturally happening, responsive, moving to protect, moving to care, just, that's why the waking up from the delusion of the imprisonment in a, the illusion of this me construct is so crucial for everything, really. So I wanted to read again um, a quote Patricia shared at the end of her talk on Tuesday. I thought it made a great link with, with this talk from Mathieu Ricard. If the ego were really our deepest essence, it would be easy to understand our apprehension about dropping it. But if it is merely an illusion, ridding ourselves of it is not ripping the heart out of our being, but simply opening our eyes. Rather than weakening the individual, the understanding of the non-existence of an independent self leads to a deep-rooted sense of inner freedom, strength and openness to others that allows the flourishing of altruistic love and compassion 
rooted in wisdom. So part of the trajectory of these contemplations is the supporting and nourishing opening of the heart so we can meet the difficult with compassion. The wisdom and the care and the joy and the connectedness, you need all that. We need all that. We cannot do do this on our own. Hmm. And I mean, I yeah. The 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 um. What is it? And this is so much what our practice is about and for, isn't it? It's kind of how do we meet pain in a way that actually gives rise to compassion rather than more pain. How do we meet pain? How do we work with that? And of course that's so much of what we do in our in our practice often. In in ways that actually open the heart and allow those the difficult energies to be to be transmuted. So um, I wanna to share a bit which is very much inspired by Joanna Macy. She probably you all know of her work in this area and a wonderful book called Active Hope, which is the one other book I would want to mention. Such a profound and practical book. <laughs> and one of the things she 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 suggests is that when we contemplate the degradation of the natural world when when we actually meet that evidence we see with our own eyes we hear we we experience that and the devastation that 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 can also wreak on on creatures on on people and already is and will more that there's a natural response of, of um, like she calls it, a, a natural response to danger. It's like the, the active part of compassion that maybe that re- resonates, responds, this kind of affected. You know, maybe this is what we might call wise disturbance, the willingness to be bothered, right? Because we always think, don't we, we're trying to get away from disturbance and that's... You know, so we can just be peaceful and, you know, mm, yeah. You know, like in, like those adverts, for sort of, you know, this kind of, you get these images where people are sitting there with the seraphic smiles and they're just, and they have their hands in this mudra and they're just like, yeah, I've arrived. Everything's cool. Or anyway, my eyes, you know what I mean. So, you know, I, I, well, I, I think when I was younger, I used to have more. I might used to be more into this. I think I've got to get back to that more of being willing to be bothered, and troubled, and disturbed, and and, and 
you know, maybe angry even, and, and riled up. I hope I'm not beyond all that. <laughs> I think being very, very active in my younger age years, and then I think I've been going through a quietest period. I hope maybe I'm emerging out of that now. We'll see. Watch this space. But there is something about um, a respo- uh, the kind of responses I had a whole list of the kind of more what she calls blocks, blocked responses to pain, denial, numbing, avoiding, blame, anger, guilt. Recognize any of these? <laughs> All of these are certainly my experience. You know, fear, no sorrow, confusion. What am I supposed to do? I'll just go and have a cup of tea. Comfort seeking. Or despair and overwhelm. And I just and, and and one of the things she teaches in her book is is like, okay, you know, let's together and alone name our concerns. And get it out on the table and and we can help each other with this and we can name our fears and our feelings. And through that there's again through our meditation and through what we can do together releasing the energy from the, the cycles and circles of fear and guilt and yeah, kind of that's somehow shut down our natural joy and compassion our natural care right it kind of seems to sort of shut all that down So maybe we could just pause for another moment. And just take a moment to check in with yourself, with your body, your mind, your heart. Just as we sit here together with these contemplations. Sense of our planet creatures and people on it and the difficulties of suffering that's happening. And maybe we can take a few moments to just, just let something of that meet meet. I just, uh, oh, yeah. Let it let it meet, let it touch, let it be let it be felt or known. Or just the numbness, or the I don't want to hear about this, or you know, I'm on retreat, leave me alone, (laughs) whatever it might be, whatever feels difficult, or or maybe a heart opening, feeling that again, that sense of breathing gently, just allowing. There's a sense of, you know, it's kind of feels a bit risky to to you know, contemplate this. Feels certainly feels a bit risky to give the talk. Uh, that kind of sense of can we know well, so much of our practice in our life is about courage, isn't it? That's 
courage to feel. And this fast heart, mind, this awareness, compassion that can really hold everything. And when we stop fighting and squirming and avoiding and kind of squishing ourselves into a corner, it's like, oh, we kind of come out like, oh, we're in this space where things can be known and a response can arise, actually. An appropriate response can arise. So, um, let's see. When I was, um, you know, preparing, reflecting on this yesterday, I, I was doing some research and I, I was thinking about how I can't, I didn't want to, I didn't. I didn't want to speak about this without doing something. So I thought, well, what can I do? I thought, well, I could give some money. So I last night I went online and I gave some money to conservation charity. Um, and I I offered it again, kind of on your behalf, or at least perhaps that's a bit cheeky, but kind of like an offering from us maybe you're willing to be part of the us part of that um and i thought it was a good it was it was you know what can we do what can we do i always maybe jump to that too quickly i ought to think about it a bit more and talk to other people and is this charity really okay? But I did it and then I checked it out today and it was like, yeah, so that's an okay one. Oh, phew, okay, good. It's unusually impulsive for me. But, you know, maybe that's part of where it's the movement. It's actually, there's this natural, natural movement. Oh, give, what can I do? Oh, I could give some money. Okay, right. Okay, next. <laughs> We can give and share, and I think, you know, this is, again, that just natural for a human being when we, uh, we can allow it to be. We can, we can simplify our lives, you know, we can do it here on retreat, we can do it outside of retreat too. And we can speak and act with courage and uh, find places and, again, appropriate time and place. So just, um, I wanted to offer this again from Joanna Macy 
from her book Active Hope and there was something like I remember when I was reading this I haven't got the book I gave it to someone so there you go that's another thing you can do give people books <laughs> um, there was something about the this arising from a conversation with a friend and I so I, I like when I read this I like to think of it as being she was walking along with a friend I may be slightly misremembering this so Apologies, hoping I get, think I get the spirit of it right. And it was kind of, she was she was uh, looking for a way of of expressing, almost kind of summing up something about her heart and her hope and her uh, her practice. And um, so, out of that conversation, then she wrote this down. And I thought there was something significant about that for me. About again. We need each other. We need to find times and places to to talk together. Maybe not in a silent retreat, okay? <laughs> but maybe, maybe. So she she wrote this vow um, to her, to herself, which she shared with others, and it's like there. It's a way of committing, and I I don't know. This is a practice. Maybe you could take up if you wished. Um, sort of a, like your own guide guideline, your own, you know, you have the five precepts and you have all the Buddhist teachings, but you can write your own. So she says, I vow to myself and to each of you to commit myself daily to the healing of our world and the welfare of beings. To live on earth more lightly and less violently in the food, products and energy I consume. To draw strength from the living earth, the ancestors, the future generations and my brothers and sisters of all species. To support others in our work for the world and to ask for help when I need it. To pursue a daily practice that clarifies my mind, strengthens my heart, and supports me in observing these, these vows. So, a deep bow to Joanna Macy. And, um, hmm. Maybe, maybe I'll lastly share, I wasn't sure whether to share this, but what the heck, we're, again, we're, <laughs> we're already out there, so. This is um, a story that I heard about uh, a young man, a Quaker, um, called Jay O'Hara. And in 2014, uh, he and a friend, Ken, Ken Ward, got in a small wooden lobster boat and sailed out and blockaded uh, a coal ship. Huge pictures, huge ship and tiny little boat. 
and that was bringing coal to Brayton Point Power Station, which apparently is the biggest coal-fired power station on the east coast of the United States. And when the two of them were uh, in court um, facing the charges resulting from their actions, the DA, the district attorney, a man called Mr. Sutter, not Sutter as in Sutter, but S-U-T-T-E-R, he dismissed all the charges. All the charges were dropped and small amount of damages were paid. And he said it was because their actions were reasonably reflective of a broader danger, that of climate change. Isn't that amazing? And then I'd just like to finish maybe um, by reading you what Jay wrote, or part of what he wrote about this act, action. And he mentions friends, which is another word for Quakers, um, who, anyway, I won't say more about that. You can ask me if you want to know. So Jay says, The lobster boat blockade I did with Ken was part of what I consider my friend's ministry an expression of faith in action. By taking the first step of putting oneself in a position to observe the injury as it is being done, and I consider burning coal, given everything we know, to be among the most terrible actions possible. We do what is called bearing witness in the friend's tradition. And this is important even if there is no one to see. When we do that, miraculous, unexpected things happen. So May our time here on retreat and our work here, if we're working here, may it be in the service of our love and wisdom. And may we grow in strength and resilience and courage so that we can live fully and freely and act in and speak in ways that support life and bring about needed change. So, Thank you for your attention. 
Let's just take a few quiet moments before we chant the sharing of the blessings. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.